Like me without you? Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe like me without you. What about if it'll it was me you without you? Well, it was you without you. So are we talking about you or collecting you? And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, the cure for the migraine headache is discography discussion. I am Joe. That is Buddy. Yo. And we're live. And you are in for a double feature treat. I'm not going to say it's a science fiction double feature, but if it was, well, we all know what we'd be into. Buddy, you're back. What's going on? Hey, not much. Just uh, hanging out, listening to metal. Well, maybe not necessarily this week. Uh, taking a bit of a detour this week with a little bit of rock and a little bit of industrial. Say, so you are about to sell me on a band that you will not shut up about. Yes. In true buddy fashion, it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) I've been, yeah, I've been really into this band uh, called Death Therapy. Um, And uh, before we get to talking about them too much, um, Joe, why don't you tell them at least like what's going on with this show? Because it's a little bit different than uh, any previous show we've done. Everybody caught episode eight. We all know Dan had a last minute. He had to run out of town. So he, he, he decided that he was going to let me and Buddy attempt to answer a question that we have been trying to figure out since we started doing this podcast. It has come up in conversation, Buddy. How do we talk about a band's discography for all of those bands that only have one record? Yes. What do we do about that? I mean, you're, 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 you can talk about the entire band. You can talk about the album, but then it kind of becomes more of an album review than it does become a, a discussion about the band's discography. The group that we're going to try to answer this question with is one of my favorite bands, Adam Ship. Formerly known as Watership Down, and yes. even known as Adam Ship Down for a very short period of time. Before we get too deep into it, I'm going to say, for all those people that are downloading this show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to every show. We are on Google Play. We are in iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can tell it to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and it will play it. We are also on YouTube. We stream live every time we record, almost every time we record, Because this one isn't. We are on Facebook at Discography Discussion. We are on Twitter at Discuss Metal. And you can find everything that we do at DiscussMetal.com. And there we go. So part of what makes this different is that one of the things that we talked about was that we said, okay, well, if we have one album that we're going to talk about, maybe instead of just doing one album, we do more than one band. And so that's what we're going to do today. So we're going to take a brand new band, uh, Death Therapy. They Their record just released, I think, maybe a couple months ago. And then Adam Ship, who their record was released back in 2004. And so we've had a long time to listen to this band and you know digest this particular album. And this album's title is The Crash of 47. Uh, a little bit of a history lesson about Adam Ship is when they were created at their inception. They were called Watership Down. Uh, The main songwriters would have been Chad Kent, the drummer, 
Nathan Slade, the guitarist, and Derek Pardo. I hope I'm saying his name right. And The Crash of 47 is one of my examples of a perfect album. A perfect album to me is not 100% everything I want to hear from start to finish. It can fall short in a couple places, but it is an album that you put in and you let play. From the beginning till the end, you don't want to skip. You couldn't if you wanted to skip. Another example of that for me would be the album Commencement by Deadsy. It's an almost perfect record. This album, it's not metal strictly in the thrash metal sense of we're going to go balls to the wall. It's more of a journey. It's got some atmospheric overtones. Yeah, I mean, it's a rock album. It's rock. There's definitely some pretty heavy parts in places. Um, Very trippy lyrics. Yes. Big time trippy. (laughs) And you can tell that when you name your band Watership Down, and for those that don't know what Watership Down is, it's a book about animals, mostly rabbits, wanting to kill each other. Yeah. Because Pompoco (laughs) wasn't enough. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's even a... Can we start a band called Pompoco? Can we do that? Uh, maybe. I don't know if Dan would let us do that. <laughs> no, probably not. There's even a there's even one of my favorites on, on the album that's actually like the second track, uh, which is called Mothra, which if you're a Godzilla fan, then you obviously know that as the uh, giant flying moth that Godzilla sometimes is a fan, is a friend of and sometimes he uh, fights. But um, that's probably got probably the heaviest part on the record is at the end of that song, uh, where they just go nuts on everything and you know you put you hear some double bass in a rock album that you didn't think you would ever hear i just skipped on to mothra it's got a solid minute and a half of atmosphere at the very beginning of just yeah of of just i'm gonna call it diddling because i like the word diddle and it (laughs) takes a minute and a half for just this very low tone and, and the the actual lead vocalist on this album is joey culver Derek pardo he had problems with anxiety is the extent of the story that has been told to the public and he just could not record in the studio he couldn't tour so they hired joey culver to come in and all the music on this album has those three nathan slay Derek pardo and chad kent as writing credits except for the very last song uh which has culver credited as well but it's Mothra, they said outright, we wrote this song to show everybody that we had the greatest drummer in the world. And you can tell (laughs) the term interdependence comes to mind. uh, I'm going to jump ahead for Buddy because, you know, it's it goes up, it goes down. I mean, the lyrics aren't necessarily pushing you in one direction or the other, but then you get all this atmosphere. Like three lines long. Yeah, it's it's you can tell if if this song was written to show off the drummer cuz it shows off the drummer. And it's coming up here just momentarily. If 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 you think your band is the fastest double bass in the world, well. Oh, I just love that. Chad Kent, ladies and gentlemen. If I ever have the opportunity to meet that man, I will shake his hand and his foot. Yeah. When I was listening to this album for preparation, I probably replayed this song a bunch of times before I moved on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the biggest song on the record for me, 
But again, yeah. this is an this is a near perfect album. I can't just pick one. I've got to let it go. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh you just you put in and you just let play through and uh for me like I'm a web developer so um you know, I sometimes need that stuff that will just kind of fit in the background and it has moments where it just kind of lulls out in the background and you can just work to it and other moments like for me mothra it just jumps in your face and you've got to acknowledge it um it's definitely sad that these guys are no longer around oh, uh, the, the band still exist they've hit some <laughs> troubles and tribulations but they've never truly gone away oh really they uh they dropped off the map after joey culver left and they decided they wanted to be independent again and they took on the name Adam Ship Down as a reference to their first name, and then eventually just went back straight to Watership Down. And they kind of have a discography, at least in my eyes, because they have a lot of singles and one-offs that came after this. But then I listen to these songs, and I'm thinking, man, they must have just been playing this stuff for years before they finally had an opportunity to put it on tape. Yeah. Derek Pardo said that Nathan Slade was the most talented guitar player that anyone had ever worked with. And I listened to this and I I can't I can't tie it down. I can't say that this is progressive. One person tried to say this was new metal and I think I actually punched him in the teeth. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not metal. It's got some influence there in a couple of places, but I mean, this is just a good, solid rock album. It, it has like a Louisiana swagger to it. Like this song, Dragonfly, just we're in 3-4 because we decided we wanted to be. You know, <laughs> the next track is called Pencil Fight, which was their single that they had. And it it's trying to get you hyped up as much as this band can get you hyped up. But the musicianship is just so solid. The guitar is not overly complex. The lyrics are calm, yeah. well thought out. It's the melody. I've heard the versions of these songs that have Derek Pardo singing them, and I personally like them. I know if Dan was here, he would tell you that he is not a fan of Watership Down, but Adam Ship <laughs> is amazing, and I, I do like these songs better. I think the tone of voice and this is what you get it's just yeah. very solid and these aren't I, I haven't heard any of the uh previous uh versions of these with the other singer i've only this is the only one i've heard um but i know for me like there's some people that you know probably would say oh well you know some of these songs are timeless or whatever and i'm like well you know like i get like pencil fight for me is Especially, um, I definitely get that feeling of this is 2003, this is 2004, you know, um, hearing that sound of it. I don't know what it is. I can just kind of place it because uh, it gives maybe it's because I feel like Pencil Fight gives me that three doors down kind of sound. Yeah, um, it sounds you know? like a single from the early 2000s. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not my favorite on here, but it's still a it's a you know, I like you said, I put this album in and I just kind of let it go. I don't really ever skip anything. You know, Withered sneaks up on you, and it's I, it's not a ballad in a ballad sense. Because when you listen to the lyrics, you know, it seems the sun is still sleeping. And I'm feeling so lonely. There's a girl in my bedroom. Don't worry, but she's don't worry, not breathing. She's not breathing. 
Yeah, like, what happened in that bedroom, <laughs> Mr. Pardo? Hmm? It's it, it starts off as being like this, you know. Oh, hey, I'm gonna know, feel like a huge gonna... jerk if I find out that this was about somebody committing suicide. Yeah, I apologize. That's probably, you know that, that more more likely than not, that's probably what it's gonna end up being. But I always thought it was kind of funny how it started out being like this. Oh, it's kind of like this song, and then oh, hey, don't worry, she's not breathing. You know what? What? Uh, <laughs> you know, we from. From that, it sneaks into Agent Orange, and this to me was always like some strange battle. Like, th- th- this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the progressive aspects and the atmosphere. Because we started off with Day of Days, we hung out at Mothra for a while, and then we fell into Dragonfly, Pencil Fight, and if we're down in Wither territory, it takes us low. And this is why the album is perfect to me because they're trying to build you back up. And they're just yeah. It's 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 a demonstration of solid musicianship. It reminds me of Goblin, almost like that '70s progressive rock mentality of, you know, just like Pink Floyd, The Wall. You know, we're trying to take you up and down. We're not just trying to hang out in one place, but we very timidly stay in one place. It tricks you. It tricks you into hanging out with it for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's the truth. Agent Orange is pretty good, just because that. I don't, that always kind of uh that's the one that pops out you know like because i guess because of that you know it it gets in a pencil fight and it just kind of starts to go down and then agent orange kicks up and that's when i start listening again like if i'm at work you know the that's when it pops on it for me again especially because that riff happens <laughs> it, this band has a notorious tendency to end on a bang and leave you wanting more which is Partly while we start listening to the next song. I know if Dan was here, the first thing he would bring up would be Aliens. It's this trippy, like, really fast. It's either, it's in five or seven. I can't remember. I haven't counted it in a while. And it's just, I am the alien, wishing and hoping and hoping and praying that we are the aliens. And what is the point of this? I feel like they're trying to break it down. And then they do break it down at the very end. And then they stop. Again, Chad Kent, ladies and gentlemen, is better than your drummer. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of uh, unfortunate that there are some parts where they, they do something super awesome like that in Aliens, and then, yep, we're just going to not do that again. And you're like, come on, guys. You guys could be, uh, I, you know, I wish they were heavier than they were. Number Many one times song. I listened to it. Number one song on the album for me right here is Whitfield. I mean... If I'm thinking about Adam Ship and I put this album on and I'm I want to listen to my favorite song, it 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 drops on track nine. You know, it's funny you say that because like when this song pops on, I I usually skip it. This is probably the only one I skip on on the album. How could you possibly skip Whitfield? <laughs> you know what it is like if you play that track back again, it's that first like set of tar notes where it, with the. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. It just—it's like nails on a chalkboard to me for oh, some reason. Man, <laughs> you better redeem yourself if you want to talk about death therapy later. <laughs> <laughs> I will, oh, and that's man. because we skipped one of the. Now this isn't like a like a fast song, but time for people, which is the track, uh, like one or two before this. Oh um, yeah, time for people is hilarious, just because it's like this. You know, it's kind of a softer song or whatever, but then it's, you know, the chorus of this is, I found people killing time, so I found time for killing people. <laughs> Which is, what? <laughs> ah. 
This this album clearly, the lyrics were written by a psychopath. They'd have to be. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the Mr. Ly- Pardo, for saying that, but man, where were you, man, when you wrote these? I don't. Ne- I don't ever want to go there. <laughs> the lyrics are definitely uh, probably one of the funnier and stranger, more enjoyable aspects of this album. Uh, yeah, for, in my, you know, for me at least, because uh, I'm definitely. You know, I started out as being like a, a dude who listened to rock and, um, you know, like ACDC and Metallica were my jams. Uh, but I was more of like a Black Album, you know, load and reload guy. Uh, I didn't get access to some of that stuff until a lot later in life. And, uh, you know, so once I found metal, I kind of just went whole hog into it with, you know, Nile and all that kind of stuff. So pulling myself back out and listening to some of this rock is also strange for me in a way sometimes. But you know it's a it's a good these are these tracks are just are just really fun to listen to they they are musicians songs it's 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 a rock version of a good jazz rhythm section it's solid it gets the job done it innovates where it needs to and it shows off when it can yeah and i mean if you if you get the opportunity and you you get your copy of adam ship the crash of 47 Put it in, put it on album repeat, and you tell me where the end of the record is, because I promise you, you will have at least listened to the first time through, and at least three or four more songs before you say, wait a minute, I've already heard these, because it's like a big circle, and it's almost trippy and artsy enough for me to accuse them of doing that on purpose. Yeah, you, you start off with Day of Days. By the time you get to the middle of the record, you're at Agent Orange. All the tension is in those those eighth, ninth, and tenth track. You know, Aliens, Whitfield, Friends, and then Plastic People is back in the same place as Time for People, as the same place as Dragonfly. It's at this strange like holding area of your attention. It doesn't take you high. It doesn't take you low. It just kind of holds on to you. And then it tricks you again because it falls back into Day of Days. I honestly don't know how many times I've listened to this album, but every time I hear it, I hear something I didn't hear before. A different guitar note, a pattern, something just, something in the ambience, a, a note. But this album will make you feel good. Kind of like listening to Ghost. It'll make you feel good, and then when you actually think about it, you'll ask yourself, I don't think I'm supposed to be enjoying this as much as I am. <laughs> but I am. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of those albums where, you know, we mentioned like I that I hate the fact that they uh, do something awesome and then don't repeat it, but, you know, they do repeat it in the fact that I have to listen to the song again. Because uh, every time they, they do stuff like that, I just have to keep listening to it. Um, so yeah, it's... That's a good, solid album, and um, I'm sad that we didn't get more of it. Yeah, definitely. After the band dropped their label, and Joey Culver was no longer in the band, and Derek Pardo came back and said, you know, I think we can do music again. And if you looked looked, looked this band up online, you might have found them. You might have heard a couple songs like Come Back or Seven Days, I think was the other one. And they, they were really good songs, and they were talking about working on an album, and then Nathan Slade passed away. Yeah. And, you know, that's not where their story ends. And that was 2009. I remember when it happened, and it was I was sad, number one, 
because knowing the band's story up to that point, I really believe that I would never hear from them again. And apparently they still technically exist. They do have a new guitarist. Chad Kent is pretty active on YouTube and places on social media. And he's a working drummer. Look that guy up if you want to see talent, raw talent, the kind of talent like that kid you knew in high school who you always wanted to be, Rob Cartwright. And <laughs> you will you'll be impressed by everything that you see. And yeah, we didn't get much. But what we got was really, really good. And I'm glad I have it. Yeah. Other bands I can't say that about. Yeah, that's true. So definitely, uh, if you get a chance, you know, uh, if you got, you know, a subscription to, you know, Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, just uh, pull it up and uh, give it a listen. You know, I don't think you'll regret it, especially a couple of the songs like Mothra and, uh, you know, for D- for Joe, I'll say Whitfield, but <laughs> I would skip it. <laughs> oh, the Doom Hammer has been dropped. <laughs> Speaking of hammers, so buddy, tell me about Death Therapy. So Death Therapy, uh, these guys uh, come from uh, one of my favorite bands. Uh, there was a, a band back in '04 that uh, came out with an album called Terminate Damnation, and that band was called Becoming Archetype. And these dudes were like. Uh, like super heavy like I don't know if you'd call them just straight metal but it had that more metalcore sound but very much more on the metal side of the fence here um, but they were they were super awesome and they came out with like four albums and then the lead singer who was also the bassist quit and hadn't heard from him for you know since then and just uh, toward the end of last year he pops up with uh, this side project that he put together, uh, where he got a, a rock, a rock drummer. He specifically calls that fact out. If you ever listen to any interviews with him, uh, cause he wanted to have a different sort of sound and he puts his, he took his bass and put it through, um, uh, bass pedal. And then he takes that output and puts it through a guitar pedal. And then he puts it through, uh, like a bunch of different stacks in between as well to give it this uh, interesting sound where he it's just bass and guitar and there's not really ever any any guitar or you know bass and drums I'm sorry bass and drums and there's not really ever any guitar on the album uh, which of course because he wanted to make uh, an industrial album he's got some programming and things on that nature so his first song that he comes out with is The Lie which is track three on the record and that instantly grabbed my attention because it's it's this thing i'd been looking for which was this uh i because i i I really like industrial electronica kind of stuff but as soon as any lyrics pop in i'm not really like a fan of it but he was doing depth vocals throughout this song so i was super pumped that they were going to be this like electronica infused you know, death metal going on. And so that made me super excited. And so I kind of waited and didn't really listen to anything else that came out. I just kind of kept spinning that one track and waited for this album to drop. And it finally came out back in February and it's 10 songs, eight of which actually have some sort of lyrics because the ninth and 10th track, which are called the Belmont family curse there. Those are actually, uh, you know, just a ode to, uh, Castlevania, um, it definitely and, uh, shows. Yeah, there's definitely some Nintendo core going on in there. Um, so I guess before I, you know, kind of talk about what I thought about this particular album and, you know, uh, so that's what I mean, where it came from. Um, 
Joe, why don't you go ahead and start it out? What did you think being brand new to uh, hearing this this week? <laughs> Buddy, what the hell, man? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I put this record in, and my first word was, hello, Nine Inch Nails. Yes. And then I kept big. listening, and I said, hello, Showbread. And then I kept <laughs> listening, and I said, hello, Project 86. And then I kept <laughs> listening... And I said, who let Marilyn Manson in the room? Oh, I know. After all of that, the Belmont family curse starts. And I said, hello, Nintendo. I missed you. And then I listened to it again. (laughs) It tricked me just like we were saying about Adam Ship. I, I put it on. I was listening to it. And it looped twice in my headphones and I did not realize it and I started catching I think it it wasn't the lie it was it was self mind dead oh yeah and then I realized why I heard Andrew Schwab's voice because Andrew Schwab is on this song which funny uh that is the only in his 20 year career in a being in a band that's the only guest vocals he's ever done so that's my review yeah, so it's good to hear that you say that you really enjoyed it because as somebody who was anticipating this album, I really like it, but I've got two hang-ups with it. Yeah, what are those? Um, all right, so part of my problem here is that, uh, A, it's too short, which is a good thing to have. You know, like, it, it's a bit too short. I, I just want more, you know, which, I mean, that that's a complaint with most anybody's record. But my other big thing is that the first single that they released was The Lie. And I think, in my opinion, The Lie is the best song on the record. It also doesn't really sound like anything else on the record. And that's kind of a drawback for me because I felt like I was going to start listening to something different than what I got. Well, that's the and, great thing about anticipation. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get until you get it. Yeah, but so I'm not gonna lie to you. To I would not have put the lie out first. That would have not have been my debut single. Yeah, I think putting out the lie was a uh, mistake. Um, you know, that would have probably been like the second or third single that I think should have came out um, because it, it it it's not representative of the entire record. Uh, that's, um, that's why I don't agree. Because if that song got your attention, it did its job. It that is true, but. It, it almost feels like a bait and switch, but <laughs> I still like the rest of the record. I just wanted more of that particular track, uh, and it, it just doesn't quite exist in the same form well, in there. Um, but there, there are places on really here like, where I say, this is why you don't let the bass player write the music. At the same time, it all works for exactly what it is. I never get the impression that he's doing a trick just to for the sake of doing the trick. I feel like he sat down and really figured this stuff out and created good sounding riffs, good sounding songs. He thought about his lyrics. I think Wake Me yes. When I'm Dead might be my top track on here. But I've only listened to this album twice and my opinion could very well change. Yeah. It's it's a really solid album. I I have the same, you know, thing that happens with me is I I don't you know, notice that the album's over until track 10 when the Nintendo core comes in. Uh, 
it just flows really well and I can listen to it over and over again. Um, you know, so because I've let go of the whole fact that the album doesn't sound like the third track, which is fine uh, because it is a solid album and I love how it sounds. Um, it's it's just got a different type of sound than uh, anything else that I've heard before, uh, probably because of the fact of how he's got his setup working. I mean, there's there's rarely a guitar in there, which I had no idea until I heard an interview with him say that there was no guitar. That it's just all bass and programming and drums. <laughs> I I would almost accuse when I first listened to it, knowing that it was all bass, my thought was I could accuse you of having keys in a few places if I didn't know that bass synthesizers existed. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you start programming, I can start accusing you of it a little more. But I am not unhappy with it. It's it's the kind of thing I want to see played live by, you know, three or four dudes on stage. Hello, Spinal Tap. Because uh, that'd be a lot of <laughs> bass players. <laughs> yeah. When they play live, uh, he said that, you know, it just... Basically, his most valuable musician is his iPad. Uh, <laughs> because if the iPad goes down, they don't really have much of their stuff going on because of all the electronic stuff that the iPad... I don't know if uh, I'm less offended them. or more offended by that than I would have been if he had said my laptop, because <sighs> we talked about unmentionables <laughs> on the corn episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's probably because I don't think he does his programming on his iPad, but he... Um, he stores his tracks there, um, you know, because I mean, basically, from what I gather, like he's got loops going and then him and the drummer play to those loops. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's so. common. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Um, you know, um, I like the album. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to more of it. I hope it stays in that heavier direction because, uh, you know. I, I really enjoy uh, Jason Wisdom is the vocalist name. I really enjoy his death vocals because uh, he was so good at them in becoming the archetype, and he it feels like he hasn't missed a beat when he does it on this album, and it just leaves you wanting more every time. I mean, I'm listening to the slow dance with death right now. It's this is gonna sound mean, but if you listen to too much Nine Inch Nails, you get caught by the fact that Nine Inch Nails is a lot of atmosphere. You know, we yeah. all remember Closer. We all remember March of the Pigs. But we also remember Hurt. And a lot of Nine Inch Nails sounds like that. This sounds like, well, honestly, what I said. This sounds like you threw Nine Inch Nails in a blender with some showbread, some Project 86, and again, Marilyn Manson, and just took out what came out of it and then threw away the remains because it's it's clever but it's not clever for clever's sake it's clever it's good i enjoy listening to it you know what else you got if this is what you're giving me that's what i have to say yeah it was a good surprise uh that's for sure you know so you got anything else to say about death therapy you know i don't i just want more of it uh like I just, I, I'm just, I still listen to The Lie over and over again. That's still my favorite. Uh, Self Mind Dead, track two. The Lie, track three. Uh, Slow Dance with Death, track six. Um, those are probably my big favorites out of the whole album. How about you, Joe? Like I said, Slow Dance with Death. Actually, I'm going to change what I said because I'm going to go with Prodigal. 
as my number one. But again, I've only listened to it twice. It's a very yeah. solid album. Keep listening to it. Adam Ship, Crash 47, it's very solid. And I dare say I don't have to ask you what your album of the week is, but I will. What oh. is your album of the week, buddy? Yep. Well, funny enough, it is not Death Therapy, The Storm Before the Calm. It is The Crash of 47 by Adam Ship because right. I've been listening to it. I reached nonstop. him. <laughs> but when I've not been listening to that, I've been listening to Nile Annihilation of the Wicked. I have a confession to make. I have been listening to Meliora by Ghost on repeat. You know, I have not heard uh, anything by Ghost before. And I'm going to say that that is my album of the week. I'm also going to caution the listener and say that I am starting to feel that it is the most evil music ever written. Notice I did (laughs) not say the heaviest. I said the most (laughs) evil. And what gives you that opinion? I will save that for a discussion involving Ghost and at least one or two beers. All right, sounds good. (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, thanks for listening this week. I know it's been different. It's been a change. Uh, Just we had to try some stuff because we had to go with what we had. But I need everybody to tune in live on Friday, March 14th. This is April. April 14th, (laughs) where we will be having a discussion with the band American Standards. And we will catch you guys on Friday. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Thanks for doing this, man. We'll see you next time. No problem, man. See ya. This has been Episode 9 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. 